What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we ask and answer the questions of life and theology as best we can. <laughs> My name is Daniel Corey. I'm pastor at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And I'm Josh Loftus, member at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. And flannel aficionado. Yeah, I said that already, but I appreciate you bringing it back. Thank you You so said much. aficionado? I think I said con- I might have said connoisseur. I think you said connoisseur or flannel. Yeah, I Enthusiast. like aficionado. Enthusiast. I like aficionado. You can definitely tell like the difference tactily between good and cheap flannel. Oh yes, you can. Like you just go up and like y- you go up and touch the flannel, and yeah. you're like, yeah, you're cheap. It you speaks to at, you. You got that at J C Penny. Yeah, yeah. J C. Wow, hating on J C Penny. Actually, Walmart. Yeah, the cheap flannels at Walmart. Yeah, I got this at J C Penny. It looks good on you. It's the nice flannel. Yeah. Do we have a sponsor today, Josh? Of course we do. Yes. Who is it? The next couple eps. It is Kingsman Grooming. And as uh, anybody who listened to the last ep knows that they are the aficionados of all things beard care. Balms, oils. They have awesome leather products. Yeah. Hair products. Pretty much just anything that you could need. If you want something that is awesome... You should go check out their website. Their website's legit. Their website is www.kingsmangroomingpros, P-R-O-S, as in professionals, pros.com. And you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Kingsman Grooming USA. Would you say that the oil that you got from them and put on your beard was the best oil you've ever put on your beard? I would say that. Was it the only oil you've ever put I on I would also say beard? that. <laughs> I, I would like our <laughs> listeners to know I grew a beard specifically because I knew we were going to be having this sponsor. Because <laughs> I needed to try it. I couldn't put beard oil on my bare face and be like, ah, mm. yep. Yeah, mm. <laughs> Made my cheeks so smooth. <laughs> I legit want you to shave your beard. No, and do that. no, I've you come committed. In face glistening, but I cover that up, Moses. Cover that. Right. Have you been working out? No, it's our product, dude. Shut up. <laughs> it's our sponsor. So yes, KingsmanGroomingPros.com at KingsmanGroomingUSA. Go check it out. Get all your your beard and hair care. They've got really cool leather goods as well, like Bible covers, notebooks, things like that. Really cool guys. Really glad to have them as a sponsor. So Daniel, it being the new year. Talking about all things beards and uh, beards and books, <laughs> books, beards and books. We had a request online. So, Josh, was yes. this a request we got from Hannah Delgado? Yes, it Hannah, was. faithful listener, faith, faithful commenter, commentator, commentator, commentator. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, she wanted to know our reading list. So, um, for those of you who maybe don't do this, every year I try to make a reading list of fifty-two of books. Fifty-two books. Wow. No. Not that. Thought about it for about three seconds and then decided no. Twelve books. I do one book a month, and then if I finish it earlier, Mm -hmm. I will fill in with other books. Okay. What do you got? Um, As well? Let's hear your dozen or so books. My dozen or so books. All right. So this is what I go. So we're starting off. This is in no particular order because I 
realize it's January. I really haven't decided which order I want to read them in yet. Do you have the first one picked? I think so. Because you're halfway through January. Uh, yeah, I know. I know this. Yeah. Okay. So it's All Around Ministry by Spurgeon. Ooh, that's actually a great one. Yes. So I'm going to read, read it. it before. Uh, most of it. I'm going to read it again. It's so good. Most of these books I've read some of, if not all. Uh, after that, I have The Glory of Grace by Alan and Chester. It's kind of an intro into Puritans. Then hmm. I've uh, been hearing a lot about Puritans. Never really got into them. I want to try to uh, start introducing myself into them a little bit more. Excellent. Um, the Mortification of Sin. The Mort. Yep. Big one. Thought I, it was time. I call it the uh, throat punch. Yes. It's excellent. Punch to the throat. And then here's a book by an author that's really good. He's reformed. His name is Jared C. Wilson. Not related to Douglas Wilson. No relation whatsoever. If that was triggering to some of you people. But he has a book here that if it if I didn't know who the author was, yeah. I would not pick this book up. Because it sounds... So, okay. So this is the book's name. Right? So like, picture this. You're walking in the Christian... I'm using air quotes. Christian Island Barnes sure. & Noble. Right? Supernatural power for everyday people. So when you sent me the photo of your stack, yeah, I saw the title, yes, and Wilson, and I was like, ah! <laughs> I was no. triggered. Yeah, no, actually, kidding. I figured you were. Uh, next one, the Soul Winner Spurgeon. by Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, Maturity by Sinclair Ferguson. Ooh. I actually won that book in a podcast giveaway. Uh, selections from Spurgeon's library again. His book on prayer. You're Spurgeon heavy on this one. Yeah. I, okay. It's, He's kind of your guy. Kind of intentional. He's sort of your guy. Sort of. Sort of. He's more my guy. Keep going. Mm. Okay. Everyone's a Theologian by R.C. Sproul. Ooh. Good book. Emotional pick. Yep. Uh, the Supremacy of God in Preaching by John Piper. Ooh. Gonna like that Peace one. Peace Nazi. Yep. Peace Nazi. Yeah. That's right. Not at all. Pilgrim's Progress by Bunyan. I try to read that every year. Really? Um, That's a yearly for you. I, I Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's really good. Experiencing the Trinity by Joe Thorne. Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. That is an excellent book. I needed, like, I wanted a balance. So, like, one Start with that one. non-Christian to 11 theology books is a good balance for me. Dude, start with that one. Norse Mythology? Yeah. You want me to get in that yeah. one? Okay. Mainly just because I want to talk to you about it, and it's awesome. Okay. So that's mine. One through 12. There will be more. Or less. But yes. <laughs> How about so you, buddy? So definitive. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Um, so I got a little pile sitting over there. Uh, All of Grace. So I realize I've not pile. read. That one's from Spurge. That one's great. That one's one of my favorites. Really? You, you will love it. I it, I was just going through the shelves the other day and uh, ran across and thought it, I should it, do it. It hurts, and it hurts so good. Really? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, oh yeah. It brings it brings it brings the manly tears. Do you think it'll bring me tears? If it doesn't, something's wrong. We will have me. a. Y- y- you are broken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, glad to know. No um, the other would be uh, so. I'm not nearly as organized this year as I should be. That's okay. I try to mix There's in. Grace. A, I try There's to grace. do a couple um, from different categories. The biography. I always want a biography in there. Oh, good idea. And so Constrained by His Love, which is a biography on Robert Murray McShane, one of my favorite, uh, favorite preachers cool. of all time. Never really got into McShane a lot. I'm going to have to look up some stuff by him. He's the man. Okay. Good to He's know. He's the man. All right. Uh, and then I wanted to read um, James K.A. Smith's book, Desiring the Kingdom. 
Mm. which is on like cultural liturgies and the function of liturgy in the church and stuff like that. Cool. And then I noticed as I pulled it off the shelf, it said volume one. Oh, no. Of? Of three. Oh, no. There goes The others spring. are Imagining the Kingdom, How Worship Works, and then Awaiting the King, Reforming Public Theology. Public Theology. Side note. I have a major crush on James K.A. Smith, and I think our mutual friend down in Takoma. Yeah, Jack. Uh, Jack loves him some James K.A. Smith, I think. Really? Jack, you're listening. Do you love James? Talk to Is him. Is it more than your man crush on Jason Momoa? Yeah. Because that one's pretty harsh. That one's big. That one's pretty big. Yeah. So that's going to be a three-folder Okay. there. There's three books in there. Yep. What's Best Next is a book on productivity. Oh, okay. I actually think it. I should probably read that one first. Yes, definitely. So <laughs> I don't want to read that at the end of the year. And be like, I will read. Darn it! I will. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> I've been inefficient all year. All, all year long. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely hit that one now. Like maybe while we're talking. Like while, while I'm talking, you should probably start I should reading, be reading that. Yeah. Take it from here. <laughs> um, Josh, take the reins. Uh, Strength for the we- Weary by Derek Thomas. Oh, good. Thomas Thought I should have good. an encouraging book in there. Um, 40 Favorite Hymns of the Christian Life by, I think it's Leland Riken. Wow. Uh, Grace Defined and Defended, which is going to be a book on the Canons of Dort by Mr. Kevin, Kevin DeYoung. Kevin DeYoung. I am working my way through a humongous fantasy novel called really? The Name of the Wind. It is blowing my mind. Is it Gone with the Wind? Nope. Okay. Because that was depressing. It's. Do you remember the last time you got totally lost in a book and you wanted to constantly be reading it? Yeah. You didn't want to do anything else? Yep. That's where I'm at right now. Wow. That's good stuff. And it's like an 800 page book. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. I appreciate that. It came at a high cost. Um, Also, I got to take my yearly trek through the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And we might add to that the Silmarillion this year. Oh, you're going to get into the Silmarillion. Yeah, stuff like that. So you. my goal this year is 26. 26 books. Yep. Wow. I'll yeah, probably I'm miserably not, fail. I'm not, uh, I'm not anywhere close to that. But you know what that's I should right. do? I should get some Joe Thorne books on there to boost the numbers, though. You could. could yeah. That? Well, my list doesn't count the audiobooks. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Well, everyone's list shouldn't include audiobooks. Yeah, it's wrong. That's a whole other It counts. Podcast. It does count. Limited atonement, baby. I think we should enjoy talking about the atoning work of Christ. I think it should him, be the most enjoyable yeah. thing we talk about. Yeah. About him dying and receiving the wrath that was due our sin so that right. we would never know a drop of God's wrath. That seems to be like a topic that we would enjoy talking about. You would think. You would think. Listening to. But as we discussed, yeah, as we discussed last time, there's a lot of objections. You have mm-hmm. universal atonement. You have... Uh, uh, hypothetical was the other one we used, sure. right? Now, what a lot of individuals will go to, and and it makes sense, they will go to many passages of Scripture mm-hmm. that they will say it's comes not against. Fair. It, well, yeah. <laughs> the not fair defense. Yes. It works every time. There's that. Yeah. When in doubt, say it's not fair. Yeah. 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 No, I think we <laughs> covered why that's that a, one why in that, Romans. Yes. <laughs> you want the answer to that one? Go read Romans 9. And yeah. It takes that argument away absolutely perfectly. We'll, well, let, we'll, we'll let Paul do that. We'll let Paul do that one. Yeah. But verses, as, verses like John 3.16, that is one that is very commonly, perhaps most commonly thrown out as a defense against the doctrine of limited atonement. Mm. 
yeah. right? That whosoever believes yes. shall be granted eternal life, sure. right? And they take that whosoever or other verses like it. I think I think you had a couple, right? Where where it seems to denote that there, there's world or all kind of language, right? And they would say all means all, all the time. That's all all means, right? Now, Daniel, why one is that true? No. Why is that not true? Suss that out a little bit of why all does not always mean all. Because all is a word that's dependent on context for definition. So there like when go. it says all of Jerusalem went out to see him, you're like, really? Every all single person in Jerusalem? Every man, woman, and child in all of Jerusalem. It's a lot of people. Including Pilate, who was in Jerusalem. <laughs> the Romans. The Ro- like all doesn't mean all there. No, it doesn't. All means like all the people. Right. Not every man, woman, and child. So all is a word that is dependent on a context. If I said all, and I said, do you know what I mean? You'd be like, well, all what? Right. All of what? Right. It's all of a group or all of a sub of a subgroup or a subset. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at context to determine what all is. The other the other is that we need to follow the pronouns. Yes. And we dig need into to- Dig into the originals a little bit. Dig into- Well, even just in English, just follow- Who's the, who's the we? Who's the us? Who's the all in this text? Right, and you'll actually go back and find out, like, oh, he's talking to a church. Right, interesting. Right, the so, uh, the number one probably heartache text is going to be First uh, John two two, which is. Uh, Why do you read that for us? He speaking of Christ is the propitiation for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sins. Of the whole world, I have a like a story associated with this. You want to hear? You want, you want story time? Yes. Uh, hold on. Let me intro, dude. This is going to be a bit. And now it's time for story time with Daniel. Da- Daniel and the beard. Daniel, no, you just ruined it. I just I, saw, no, I served it up to you. You you. I just gave it to you. You were you, supposed to start your story then. I know, but I made it better. And now I'm going to start. Didn't my story. make it better. So when I was in college, it it's ruined. It's not. When I was in college, I won't say which one, okay. but uh, I was in Bible college and had an amazing professor. He was so cool. Yes. He was um, persecuted for his faith, grew up in China, and <laughs> like really had the most amazing story ever of wow. like fleeing persecution, his brother being like killed, oh, and wow. coming over here and learning... So he's legit. He's legit. He's legit. All right. One of the godliest men I've ever met. Right on. And we were sitting in First John, and because I had him for Johannine epistles. Okay. And he uh, got to this text, and he laid out five-point Calvinism. Yeah. And then he's like, but, and then he laid out four-point Calvinism. So Calvinism with without limited without time without the L. Yeah. And he said that this text rules out any possibility of limited atonement. Interesting. And so, so he was a four-pointer. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. <clears throat> At the Master's College. But... Oh, say, oh. John McCarthy. So he asked, that in he a said, if bit, you are brother. still in here and you are still a five-pointer, yeah. raise your hand. <gasps> did you raise your hand? I totally did. Did you really? And I was a, I was a geek. I would always sit up front because I loved his class. <sighs> and he like, I'm the only one. Like, I look around and I'm like, 
It's just you. It's just me. Oh no! I'm not teasing. <laughs> and so he like looks at me and he walks over and he stands right in front of my desk and he said like in the nicest voice he goes, "Are you still a five pointer?" I said, "Yes." He goes, uh, "You defend yourself now." <laughs> wow. And so I was given a chance to explain my view of First John two two. Was this before or after you wet yourself? During. <laughs> during. During. Yes. It was a. It was in. It was coinciding with. <laughs> yes. But he, when I got done, he said um, that my argument was uh, very philosophical, but in his estimation, not very textual. Oh, okay. And uh, to tell you what kind of great person he was, afterwards he thanked me for our interactions yeah. that we could have calm and respectable uh, discussions. Oh, well, so that's the way it should if, be. Even if he disagreed with me, yeah, we could still be cool about it. Right. So uh, what I told him from this one was, because his, his whole point was, it says Jesus is the propitiation for not just our sins, but the sins of the whole world. Right. And he says whole, whole world means every man, woman, and child. Okay. So, so an unlimited view of the atonement, sure, which necessarily means a hypothetical view. Yes, right. And so I said, well, once we define what propitiation means, which means to alleviate wrath, it's one of the words we get, right. Like from mercy seat, and it, yeah. it, it means that there is now for that group of people no wrath, no wrath, right? It's so you have to define your terms. Yes, right. I said so. Before we can get to defining what does John mean when he says whole world, we have to first define what does propitiation mean. Right. And once you do that, you are, I think you're faced with one of two options. Universalism. Yep. Or limited or atonement. Or a limited atonement that says, you know what, what, what John is talking about here, not just for our sins, and I think as a Jewish person, John speaking from that perspective. Mm-hmm but for the sins of the whole world of people from Gentiles. every tribe, right. nation, and tongue. Right. Jesus right. is not just the savior of the Jews. No. He's the savior of all people. No, yep. no, no matter what language you speak, what society or caste you were born into, mm-hmm. he is the only savior of the world. And so I explained, well, like John is showing the expansiveness of the gospel, and so we shouldn't shy away from, like as a Calvinist, I don't shy away from the. I don't like. I don't wish John used a different term there. Right. I think it's a wonderful word to show the expansiveness of of the gospel. Oh yeah. That there's no one who could say of themselves that they are beyond or not the object of God's saving work. Um. Yeah. 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 No. No. Yeah. And again, that's so important that when we. You have to remember when faced with these passages of Scripture that would seemingly on the surface contradict other parts of Scripture, right? Scripture always interprets Scripture, right? You have to dig into what Scripture means, like you were saying, get into the context, get into the original languages if you have to, look at the verbs, like look look at how this is structured and don't just take it as, well, look, it says the whole world, so then that means the whole world, so... yeah. The atonement is is unlimited. Sure, right. It's really important, and it sounds like as much as that your prof sounds like he was an awesome dude. He was a cool dude. Yeah, it sounds like he took a perhaps a more literal approach to that specific verse than he should have. Yeah, 
And, and I would say, like, I want to take a again. I, I take issue with the use of the term literal. Sure. I, I I'm not. You use it correctly, but there are others who wouldn't. Um, I would say, well, I literally took propitiation to mean what propitiation means. Correct. Like, I took that literally. Yep. And so I can understand whole world contextually. Or right. take, like, you mentioned John 3.16, right? Yep. For whosoever. Whosoever. Can you, can you, can you give me some of that in the uh, Southern Baptist? Um, whosoever yeah. in the King James... Which is the preferred version of God? Not preferred. The, the only. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Take issue with the term preferred. It was, it was yeah. only good if it was good enough for Paul. If it's good enough for Paul, it was good enough for the Southern Baptist. Yeah. Um. So, oh, oh wow. Sorry. Where'd that come from? Um. No. No. The deep the, the word <laughs> from deep within the cage. Uh. The the term whosoever in John three sure, sixteen yeah. whosoever. You dig into it. It means all the believing. Yeah, all the believing. That's ones. what it means. Is all the believing. So the elect, those whom God has chosen. That's what that verse means. And again, if we're just going to take it on face value and not do our homework and be good theologians and dig into scripture and study it the way that we would study anything that we cared about, uh we're going to be very confused. Yes. I mean, even just taking John 3:16 comes in a context right yep and that context is jesus talking with nicodemus about being born yes and nicodemus is having a hard time with this because he recognizes you have diddly squat to do with your being born right and jesus's point is yeah that's exactly right you don't have anything to do with your being born right and he even talks about the spirit like the wind blows where he wills the spirit moves as he desires. And uh, interestingly, John three sixteen in the English, now we're not going to be snobby and say, like, if you don't know Greek, you don't know anything. But it's true. Um, a Greek understanding of that text would be something like this. For God loved the world in this way, that he gave his only begotten son. Like, it's not right. that he is, like, so in love with the world right. that he was driven like no god god manifested god demonstrated his love in the following way that he sent christ into the world to die that men might live right and if you just understand contextually world and walk it through john world doesn't always mean world yeah right and it's okay to say that you know and and I, yeah it's 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 okay to like it, it's what, proper to say that i would it's, pro it's yeah. proper to say that because we need correct hermeneutics we need correct interpretation of scripture when talking about these larger issues yeah if you don't have that then yeah you, you one you don't have a leg to stand on and, and you're you know you're just going to be confused you're yeah. going to end up misinterpreting scripture and believing that the atonement is universal at worst, or, you know, uh, hypothetical, I would say at best, um, in that in that specific argument, right? But something that I think we talked about last ep that I really wanted to make sure that we reiterated, because I don't know if we said it clear enough, that when we're talking about the limitation of the atonement, we aren't talking about the worth or the greatness, if you will, of the atonement itself, 
Yeah. Right. There's that. There's that term uh, that the atonement was sufficient for all, effective for some. Sure. Right. I think that's the term. I might have butchered it. No, you got it. But but it's that was Christ's atoning work good enough to cover everybody if that had been God's will? Yes. 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 Yeah. The Christ did not lack power. Right. His or atonement worth. or yeah. worth. It did not lack the ability to do it. It just lacked the scope because of God's choosing. Right. So when we are talking about the limiting of the atonement, it's not the worth or the power or the effectiveness of Christ's atonement that it just it uh, couldn't quite reach far enough. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. No. Right. It's that it had a specific purpose, a specific people and a specific plan that it fulfilled perfectly. Right. So yeah. I, we might not have explained that well. And I just want to really make sure that we nailed that down. Uh, that that's what we're talking about when it's limited. Yeah. It is not limited in its worth or value. Or effectiveness. Or yeah. or what it could do. Right. Right. Christ didn't run out no. of atonement. Right. It's yeah. like, oh, he used so much and and he's out. Right. So sorry, everyone that didn't get everyone that didn't get their party favors. Yeah. We apologize. We ran out. Sorry. Yeah. That's not that's not what it's we're like talking about. It's like when you go to a sports game, like first 5,000. Yes. First 5,000 yeah. gets the Ken Griffey Jr. bobblehead. I yeah. was 5,001. Oh, man. Oh, missed it. Dude, Griffey was my favorite growing up. Griffey was great, man. Yeah. He was the best. Uh, well, that's OK. Sure. You could say that. Yeah. I did say that. I was now. a Gary Payton fan myself, but I realize that's not the same sport. I know that. It's basketball. The glove. The glove. Hey, oh, I was just, I'm proud of you. How did you know? Dude, well Sean done. Kemp, yes. Gary Payton, and yep. Detlef Shrimp. Yeah. The big three, baby. The rain man. Dude. So Gary Payton was amazing. But he was. The glove. Do you know what's even more amazing is this verse in the book of Hebrews. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dude, my the seams in my transitions are paper thin. Yeah. No. Like, Boxes of paper. <laughs> okay. I didn't say how many. At Office Depot. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, Hebrews 9, 28 says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of all. Nope, this is no. many. Oh, many. That's right. Dang will it. appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So mm. there, the writer of the book of Hebrews who... Is Paul um, <laughs> says that Christ offered himself, that's atonement, for the sins of many. That doesn't sound like everyone's included. No. Mm. It, it sounds like the many would be a similar group or the same exact group as the elect. Or the called. Yeah. And yep. that when he comes back, he gathers to himself those who are eagerly waiting for him. Probably the same group that his father gave to him that he redeemed by his blood. I would say who that the would be... spirit made alive. Yes. And was the first down payment of their eternal inheritance. The limited group that the atonement yeah. washed over. Particularly impacted. How many big words can we get way. into this? How many big words can we get into this sentence? <laughs> Definitely. Um, so Josh. Yeah. We believe as Calvinists, yeah, in unity in the Godhead, yes, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all working their redemptive actions towards the same group of people, the elect. We do, yeah, <laughs> and that if God didn't definitely save, 
that no one would be saved. Correct. That if it was left up to me or you, we'd still be totally depraved. Yes. Yeah. And we believe in the atonement that Christ literally, fully, completely, actually bore the wrath that his people rightly deserved. Yes. How should that like impact the way that we worship and live? Because what I don't want it to be, because here's what we as Calvinists are great at. We're great at talking about these really awesome topics and just leaving them in academia. Mm. Leaving them with the $6 words and if it was a good fight, all the better. We shouldn't be happy about this topic because we're so right and we enjoy being so right. We should enjoy the topic because it's at the beating heart of the gospel. Well, yeah. And how should that change like the way that we live and worship? What, are, what should, are some illustrations of that? The the object of our worship is the reason for our worship. The object that we are worshiping is the reason that we can have joy. So all, everything that you just listed, mm-hmm. the fact that we have been saved from ourselves yeah. due to no work of our own and only the love of God. The fact that the limit that that the atonement of Christ is limited and we find ourselves in that group based on God's grace. Yeah, not based on anything I did. Nothing you did. That should cause you to have such joy in worship. It should be, dare I say, lively. We should have lively worship. I'm not talking about writhing on the floor like an idiot and looking for the ghost, the uh, the gold flecks coming out of the... Uh, glory dust. The glory dust. Thank you. Yes, yes, the glory dust. Right? But it should stir emotion. It's our, the truths that we yeah. know in our head yeah. and the emotion that we should have in our heart should come together in perfect harmony. You're saying that a people who've been saved from an eternal soul-destroying torment yes. should be happy. Yeah. Look at look at how Israel... <laughs> yeah. Look at how at Israel celebrated. At the Red Sea. At the Red Sea. Yeah. Right? And when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back. Dude, they had tambourines. Look, dude, they had percussion instruments. David was... Drums in church are biblical. <laughs> I knew... I knew as soon just as saying. I I knew as soon as I said tambourines, you're going there. Yeah, just saying, it's true. So is dancing. So is dancing. So so yeah, lively. Like get and and we have <laughs> such this. We as reform folk have this such such a visceral reaction against this because that book Strange Fire. No, that's not why. Because <laughs> because of, because of the culture and albeit Christ, you know, some denominations of Christianity that do take it too far. And they put all of the emphasis sure. of worship into those things. And we take ourselves too seriously. And we take our to- ourselves too seriously. So, But what we've done is we've gone too far on the other end. Okay. And been like, all right, worship needs to be stately. It needs mm-hmm. to be void of emotion. It needs to follow this, this, and this, and this. Sure. Dot all the I's, cross all the T's, and boom, we've worshiped. Sure. And that's not true. There should be joy yeah, there we, should be we believe happiness. In, we believe in orderly worship. Oh, of course. But we should also believe in emotions in worship. Right. Like there's something very wrong if we can sing about Christ laying down his life and drinking the cup of wrath so that we would never, and we sing it in a way that's bored. Yeah. That's, that's highly problematic. Well, and I think we should be okay, too, with, and I actually don't know where you fall on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We should be okay too to with I you know. We should be okay too with I think our worship 
and the emotions and the 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 joy that comes with that worship being manifested in different ways, perhaps ways that I myself might not be comfortable in doing, but that doesn't mean somebody else can't. Like snake handling or what? (laughs) I was thinking more particularly flag worship. (laughs) No, let's take an easy one. I'm not down with somebody, somebody, somebody raising their hand in worship. I know a lot of reformed people that say that there's that, that, Somebody can't be doing that without seeking attention. That's not true. Right, but that's the camp that we live in. Oh, yeah. Not around here, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but we have just kind of this strict set of this is what worship looks like. When we see in Scripture that, again, I'm being careful here, but the the scope of that is a little bit broader than I think us Reformed folk have set. Yeah, I would say if you read, if you... um, I heard a preacher say one time, if you deduce from the Psalms, and I think the particular context was from Revelation, mm-hmm. and you deduce, because there's more music in Revelation than any other book in the Bible except for the Psalms, right? you deduce what ought worship to look like. Yeah. It's marked by two things. It's loud mm-hmm. and it's physical. Those two things should mark us. Both of those things we hate. <laughs> We need it quiet. Heaven's going to be a bummer. And if you even think of moving your arm, unless it's to scratch your back, get out. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree. There's a time to kneel. There's a time to stand. There's a time to dance. Jive. To jive. We're in the 20s put your hand up. Yeah, we're in the roaring 20s. Yeah. Right? There's a time to worship God with all of your faculties, with everything that you have. Yes. And there's a time... To be quiet and to be silent. Yeah. Both are true. Yeah. And we need to be okay with both. Yes. I didn't think we'd get into physical worship. I did. Neither did I. But hey, you asked. It went there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's, it should also have a, um, I don't even know, like, under what category I put it. When we realize that all of my sin has been paid for. And I don't have to work it off. Mm. I don't have to make myself more acceptable or right. Right. It it's been dealt with at the cross fully, not hypothetically. Yeah. Fully, actually, totally. I think it's the most freeing realization in the Christian life to realize I, I not only don't I don't have to, but I I can't right make myself more acceptable i've been made acceptable right in christ yeah if that and that's tr- freeing oh it's it, well there's nothing more freeing than that yeah if that doesn't stir emotion in you mm-hmm. if the truth of that gospel that, because that's the gospel yeah if that does not stir emotion in you mm-hmm. i will say this with as much grace as i can don't cage on it i'm not gonna cage on it <laughs> but check your salvation whoa check yourself Check yourself because you might be wrecking yourself. <laughs> right? Now yeah. uh, again, I realize we all go through times where it's it's dry and we sure. might not be feeling I'm not saying that the 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 proof of your salvation is found in your emotion. I'm not saying that at all. No. Not even close. But if your affections are not stirred up mm-hmm. for your savior yeah. when you hear about what he has done for you, sure. There there is something wrong. There's something Probl- broken. It's problematic. Right? It's very problematic. Um and I can hear, I can hear the, I can hear 
there were four people that's, yelling at me right now. That's Chan yelling at you. That's Chan. That's Chan yelling at me. You can have lively and loud worship while at the same time being reverent. Yeah, if lively and loud rules out reverent, then heaven is very irreverent. Because heaven is very loud and very physical. Yep. Um, you can have both. I think you need both. Oh, of course you need both. You need them. Oh, yes. It's not optional. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Um, why, we always throw Chan under the bus. By we, I mean because me. he's Canadian. No, it's, I think it's just, he, he's so nice. One of these days, we'll have to have Chan on with a microphone. Oh, wow. That's that's a little that's a lot of power. It is. The fact that he's giving me a thumbs up right now <laughs> is telling me that might not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um So that's uh that's the uh, a brief overview of limited atonement, man. It should it should be one of the most assuring comforting doctrines and joyful. in the Christian life. And joyful. Yeah. So like let's not let's that, that let's not lose sight of that in all the discussions about passages all whole world every right. let's not lose sight of the fact that the king did lay down his life mm-hmm. that his bride might take up new life in him right well and take joy and assurance in the fact that you have been chosen by god and because of that mm-hmm. you are secure yeah. Your salvation is secure. Your sanctification is secure. The assurance of your salvation should not be in what you do. It should mm-hmm. be in the work that Christ did. I, I'll, add, I'll add one more thing at the end here. Yes. I think one of the reasons why people outside of the reform camp have such a bad view of limited atonement is the they see the way in which Calvinists talk about it. And it's very... It, it's very smug, very sharp-tongued at points. Lots of bravado. Yeah. The God scri- chose me and he didn't chose you. Well, yeah, but it's almost like sometimes we take a text and we use it to slap someone with it. Mm. And that's not why that text is there. No. Um, and so a little exhortation to fellow Calvinists listening would be make sure that when you talk about the atonement that you do so with joy over the truths you're talking about, with reverence. Yeah. And with charity towards your neighbor. Because um, these are not easy things. Like, no. And so not. if someone if someone doesn't fully get it, like you know, Josh and I fully get it, hundred percent. We oh yeah, we have sure. no questions. Not none <laughs> at all. No, we ha- Daniel, we have arrived. Really, we have arrived. Semper Daniel. reformundum no longer apply applies to us. to us. No, no, no. We no. We're no, not no, reforming. No. Okay, cool. Not at all. Not anymore. No. So to the others who uh, like Josh and I uh, are still working through these things. Yes. Um. Be charitable with each other. Yeah, you have to be, because here's the thing. If Calvinism puffs you up, if the truths of limited atonement puff you up, you're doing it wrong. You don't believe in the doctrines of grace. You're turning them into the doctrines of pride. And there's no room for that. Mace. Nope. Didn't work. Didn't work. You ruined ruined the moment. You You ruined it again. Well, speaking of ruining moments. I have some Corian culture for you. Because it's still here, Daniel. It's still we here. still here. We're still we here. We ain't going no place. You and, and your people. Until we decide until we decide to leave. Yeah. <laughs> we're week by week. We're, we're at this point. <laughs> at this point we're kinda week by week. Like, do we really want to do this? Do we not? What do you got for uh, me, man? I got something good. I'm actually hopeful. Most times I pick songs to oppress you or that I know will oppress you. 
You've succeeded. This one, good. Yeah, I'm glad. Um, this one, I actually have hope that you might like it. If I don't like it, we'd be discouraged. Yeah, I mean, a little, but I won't let that stop me. But That's fair. Uh, So this song is off of the album. It was released in 2005. <laughs> Um, not the 80s. Not the, no, no. I like no, it already. No, Keep yeah, going. that's right. Uh, it was released off the album called The Warrior's Code. Ooh, is it about samurais? It's not about samurais. Mm. Uh, it's in the genre of rock. Uh, okay. s- maybe some some folky rock. I'm going to play Ooh. it for you, and I think, I think you might actually like it. All right, you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Sounds like Jaws. <laughs> It's like Celtic rock. Yep. It's Irish. Not bad so far. Not bad. Really? Oh, there's hope. It's terrible. What? No. (laughs) There's no words yet. Nope, not yet. It's coming. But like this, like what is this stirring you? This makes you want to get in the fields of battle. All right? Come on, man. It's good stuff. Yes. I have no idea what this young man is saying. <laughs> it's a young man, right? Uh, No, he's probably older than you, actually. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. So he, it's got like a punk. It's like a punk rock. Yeah, so Irish the, jig. Yeah, yeah. So the lyric is, I'm a sailor peg, and I've lost my leg. Climbing up the top sails, I've lost my leg. And the song is, Shipping Off to Boston. Shipping Off to Boston to find my wooden leg. Daniel, if this song was a slice of yeah. choice meat... Wonderful meat. What? What? Well, you're, what, what you're really pigeonholing me with with wonderful meats. Fine. If this Just song meat. was a cut of meat, what kind of meat would it be? A hot dog. Are you serious? Like, I, I'm not are th- you kidding me right now? Terrible. Of all the things, you right, choose right, a hot all right, dog. All right. A tough pork chop. A tough pork chop. Not, yeah, like a dry one. Like I'm trying to find some common ground, and I, you give I like it a. The, I like the rocky, like the music is good. The punky, screamy, yelly that I can't even understand. Okay, well. A little bit of applesauce. You know what, Daniel? You are a tough pork chop. I'm going to say that. And uh, with that, (laughs) listeners, please head on over to all of our sociables. Head on over to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at InformatoryPod. Leave us some likes. Leave us some comments. Um, if you don't mind, share this episode with someone that you think might like it. Leave us some questions. If you have any questions about limited atonement, mm-hmm. Calvinism in general, why Daniel hates good music, whatever yeah. you want, Ask um, me that. leave them there, and we will try to answer them for you. Also, go and order some beard oil. Yes, Kingsman Grooming. Go check them out. Instagram, Facebook, online. Go get yourself some good beard oil. And hair product. You have hair product, too. It's not just for the guys. They've got some cool leather goods, like girls. You might need like find some cool like purses or Bible covers or notebooks. They have really cool notebooks on there as well. Check them out. Check them out. Thanks, everybody. Out. Later. <laughs>